Sound Ideas Audio presents a Gray Area production of Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Episode 1. Marley was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead. Of course he did. Scrooge and Marley were partners. I don't know how many years. Oh, (laughs) he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. Scrooge! A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Secret and self-contained. Once upon a time... Of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. It was a cold, bleak, biting evening, foggy withal, and he could hear the people in the court outside go wheezing up and down, beating their hands upon their breasts and stamping their feet upon the pavement to warm them. The door of Scrooge's counting house was open, that he might keep his eyes upon the clerk, Bob Cratchit, who, in a cold and dismal little cell, beyond worked at his ledgers. Twenty-nine, nine and carry two, thirteen, seventeen, seven and carry one... Close the door, Cratchit! Shut out that infernal noise. Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Confound their imprudence. Ah! Cratchit! Yes, Mr. Scrooge? You're to stop at Fothergill's on your way home tonight and collect that seventeen shillings and sixpence he's owed me since Michaelmas and tell him I shall have the constable over there if he doesn't pay it at once. Well, sir, Mr. Fothergill's wife has been ill, sir. What do I care about his wife? I want my seventeen and six. I just thought it it being Christmas. 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bob. Oh, Mr. Fred. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Uncle. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Hmm? Ah, humbug. Humbug? Christmas a humbug, Uncle? Now, I'm sure you don't mean that. I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reasons have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Come then, Uncle. What right have you to be dismal? You're rich enough. Bah! Humbug! Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools? What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? Merry Christmas! A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. 
If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of his own holly through his heart. Uncle. Nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. What do you want, nephew? A Christmas gift, I have no doubt? I came to wish you a Merry Christmas, Uncle. A Merry Christmas. Much good may Christmas do you. Much good has it ever done you. There are many things from which I have derived good, by which I have not profited. I dare say, Uncle, Christmas among the rest. But I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good. And will do me good, and I say God bless it. God bless Christmas. Hurrah! Let me hear another sound from you out there, Bob Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. As to you, nephew, I wonder you don't go into Parliament. You talk enough nonsense. Don't be angry, Uncle. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I've tried. A Merry Christmas to you, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year, too. Humbug. Humbug. Merry Christmas to you, too, Bob and the missus, and to Tiny Tim. Thank you, Mr. Fred. Same to you, sir. Good day, sir. Good day, Bob. Merry Christmas, Uncle Ebenezer. Twaddle. Nonsense. Flumery. Talking of Christmas and not a sixpence to jingle against another in his trousers pocket. You there, Bob Cratchit, you there. Yes, sir. What are you doing in there? Oh, I was only putting a bit more coal in the fire, Mr. Scrooge, seeing it's so cold in here, sir. You put that coal back in the scuttle? Yes, sir. The fire. The fire indeed. I can tell you, if you use coal at that rate, you and I'll soon be parting company, Bob Cratchit. Do you understand that? Many a young fellow would like your situation, you know. I I'm sorry, sir. My fingers were getting a little stiff with the cold. Then put on your mittens. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! There's someone at the door. See who it is. I yes, sir. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas, sir. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, yes, sir. This is the firm of Scrooge and Marley. Yes, sir. I should like to see the head of the firm, if I may. Oh, very good, sir. Step this way, please. What is it? A gentleman to see you, Mr. Scrooge. Eh? Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Marley's been dead these seven years tonight. Oh. And I'm Scrooge, though. I doubt that'll be any pleasure to you, sir. Oh, uh, oh, I'm sure it will. Now, Mr. Scrooge, at this season of the year, it's only fitting that we who are more fortunate should raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. You may not believe it, sir, but many thousands are now in want of common necessities, and hundreds of thousands are in want of comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? There are plenty of prisons. And the workhouses, they're still in operation, I trust? I wish I could say they are not, but they are, sir. The treadmill and the poor law are in full vigour, then? 
Both very busy, sir. I'm very glad to hear that. I was afraid from what you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. Now, sir, what do you want with me? Well, Mr. Scrooge, a few of us are endeavouring to raise a fund for the poor and destitute. What shall I put you down for? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous, sir? I wish to be left alone. I don't make merry at Christmas time, and I can't afford to help make idle people merry. I help to support the establishments that take care of the poor. They cost enough. Let those who are badly off go there. Well, many can't go there, sir, and many would rather die. Then let them do so and decrease the surplus population. Besides, how do I know that's true? You might know it some day, Mr. Scrooge. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, sir. Cratchit, show this gentleman out. Yes, sir. This way, sir, please. Oh, excuse me, sir. I couldn't help overhearing. I would like to contribute thruppence. It's all I can afford, but if there are others in worse situation than I... You're a very generous fellow. I wish I might say the same for your employer. Good afternoon, sir. Good day. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon, sir, and a Merry Christmas. Fifteen, twenty-four, thirty-one, one and carry three. Seventeen, twenty-two, thirty-three, three and carry three, four, seven, eight. Cratch it! Twelve, fifteen. Cratch it! Yes, sir? Cratch it. It's too late to have you go to Fothergill's. You'll be closed up for Christmas like these other fools. We may as well close up this place now. Yes, sir. It is getting a little dark. Hard to see the figures. I suppose you'll want the entire day tomorrow, Cratchit. If quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I was to stop half a crown of your wages for it, you'd think yourself ill-used, I'll be bound. Well, sir... And yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Yes, once a year. Once a year indeed. A fine excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. I suppose you must have the whole day. I'll see that you're here all the earlier the next morning. Do you understand? Uh, oh, I will, sir, I will. Well, good night, sir. Good night, and... Good night. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Bah! The office was closed in a twinkling, and Bob Cratchit, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, for he boasted no greatcoat, went down a slide on Cornhill twenty times in honour of its being Christmas Eve, and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could pelt to play with his family at Blind Man's Buff. Scrooge, on the other hand, took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and spent the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to his dismal house. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, had to grope with his hands. The fog and frost hung about the black old gateway of the house. Darkness is cheap and Scrooge liked it. 
Before he shut his heavy door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate of his room, spoon and basin ready, and a little saucepan of gruel upon the hob. Nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet, closed his door and locked himself in. Double locked himself in. Then took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. It was a very low fire indeed. Nothing on such a bitter night, not even enough to kindle a glow of light in the cheerless room. Thank you for listening to episode one of A Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Come back tomorrow for our next episode. <laughs>